Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another IMCO with myself, Jonathan Chan. So glad that you can join me today. Uh, for those of you who are first timers with IMCO, what does IMCO mean? Well, IMCO just basically means, in my Christian opinion, it's an acronym because Christians just love acronyms. We really do. Sorry, my apologies. I just need another cup of coffee because it's freaking cold in Vancouver right now. But uh, cold meaning only minus six degrees in the in the sunlight. Uh, some of you in the other parts of the world who may be watching this may be just laughing at me going, you spoiled, entitled individual. We're in minus 20. And so, uh, yeah, anyways, it's cold. Um, for me, it is. And hence, I'm just drinking some hot liquids right now to warm up. All right, so IMCO. IMCO basically means in my Christian opinion, and uh, what we do is that I look at the past week, what topped the news this past week locally, and offer my Christian opinion on that. Now, locally being in Vancouver, British Columbia. However, today I want to do something different, because what really topped the news this past week was around the globe, uh, and particularly, uh, as some of you may be uh, aware of if you're really in tune with the news is the Russian the potential Russian invasion of Ukraine and uh, already I bet I think it was just two days ago where the Russian president Vladimir Putin has declared two separatist regions in Ukraine that is very close to the Russian border as countries right as countries countries that are loyal to Russia I can't pronounce that, those two regions' names, but he just literally declared two places countries without any legalities or any legal backing. And uh, just because uh, the separatists, uh, the so-called separatists in those Ukraine uh, territories started uh, shelling or firing at Ukraine armies, and so Vladimir Putin thought that this is perfect justification for him to declare these two regions as countries. And so he is now mobilizing a lot of soldiers, a lot of tanks into those regions as peacemakers. Now, if you know the history of Russia recently, you know that when they say peacemakers, it doesn't really mean squat. Basically, what they are saying is that uh, they're just going to annihilate everybody who opposes them in those regions. Okay. So that's what topped the news this past week. But not just that. In fact, right at number two is, of course, Afghanistan. And I'm just flipping up these pictures up here for your enjoyment. But Afghanistan is also having conflict as well after when the Talib Taliban took over uh, because uh, a lot of the allies, of it, especially the Americans and all their allies, retreated. Uh, they just said, you know what, enough of this, no more of this war that's been going on for, I can't remember, I think it was like ever since George Bush Jr. that uh, that that started it, but I think that's like 20 years ago. So no more of this war, and uh, so they backed out, and then Taliban came in. Now Taliban, um, they, 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 were, they promised that they would uh, support and promote human rights. But that's not the case right now. In fact, a lot of the women in, in Afghanistan are again being suppressed 
again, being told that you're not allowed to go to school, you're not allowed to get educated because only the men, the men with the beards and wearing pajamas can only go to school and get educated. And so, <laughs> uh, of course, because the Taliban does this and have and violate many human rights uh, and uh, accords and everything and whatnot, and because they're violent, and because they're like they're a group of people who vow to kill anyone in this world if they were infidels. Think about it. Can you really trust a group that is hell bent on annihilating anyone who is an infidel, anyone that does not believe in their version of Islam? Right. So. Of course, many countries have uh, put up uh, sanctions on them. Of course, many of them uh, like cut funding. Of course, they froze their assets and whatever money they had previously before the Taliban took over. And so right now, Afghanistan is in the brink of starvation or are starving right now. Many people in Afghanistan are starving. And due to the winters, cold winters, and also their recent famine, uh, their recent drought, I mean, there's a severe case of famine in Afghanistan. So that topped the news as well. And so the next one, number three, was uh, that dovetailed on the Afghanistan was India's, uh, I guess, benevolence towards uh, Afghanistan. India started donating, uh, I believe it was 50,000 pounds of rice which is not much, uh, to Afghanistan. Uh, but because Afghanistan and India is separated with one particular region where India really dislikes, uh, and that is Pakistan, uh, there was this kerfuffle going between India and Pakistan on how to get that donate those donations to Afghanistan. They recently reached an agreement, but they still hate each other. In fact, I was reading up, and here's this picture right here, in fact, I was uh, reading up on this uh, on CNN and uh, a bunch of uh, NB economists recently that <laughs> these two regions are fully armed with nuclear weapons and, mo and pretty much aimed at each other. Think about it. These two re countries, or Pakistan, I don't even know if India uh, qualifies Pakistan as a country, but uh, these two countries are at war with each other and... They're very close. It just takes a little sneeze or a little mis diplomatic mistake that these two would push the nuclear button and annihilate each other and, of course, the globe and the world. Interesting, right? Well, not interesting. Shocking! And then, of course, number four is uh, the ongoing corruption in Africa, the many countries in Africa. Yes, Africa is not a country. Newsflash to many of you. Oh my goodness, how many of you have said that Africa is a country? Come on, South Africa is a country, not Africa. Africa is a continent. Anyway, but again, ongoing corruption. Many of the democracies have not been overturned by fascist dictators. Uh, many of them are these uh, military juntas where these generals of the old school mentality, they just took over thinking and Promising the West, promising us allies, saying that, oh, we're going to be democracy. But they're really not. They're rigging elections. They're killing off their opponents. It's a mess out there. It's a complete mess in the global realm. And we are experiencing it 
in various ways. And you are asking, how are we experiencing it? Well, because we live in a global economy, because of globalization, and because of everything that we have, including this cup, this microphone I'm using, the mouse, the phone, everything is from various parts of the world, we are all interconnected. And so, for me, myself, I see inflation, the uh, gas prices have gone like skyrocketing up as some uh, experts say that we may hit $2 a liter this week. Uh, and that's only regular. And uh, food prices have skyrocketed. Uh, in fact, there was a recent article in Nova Scotia saying that uh, food prices have skyrocketed, skyrocketed so much that people are not buying fresh fruit. Rather, they are buying just a day after expiry or a day after it's gone kind of bad recommended bad to just get the discounts inflation is huge because of the global economy because we're so interconnected and uh, oil prices are, are rising like i said because of ukraine uh, a bunch of uh, uh, other things like uh, of political unrest is, uh, is nailing them out stock markets right now it's just going haywire because we're all interconnected. We're affected by this. We are. Sometimes it's very hard to say, oh, you know, it's where it doesn't affect us. But now it really affects us because it hits our wallet. All right. So where am I going with this? So many times uh, whenever I ask people about uh, or we just start conversation or even uh, some people have conversations at the table or on a, at a beer night or even just a casual conversation at cafes. Whenever I say and ask or other people ask, hey, have you heard about such and such in the world? A lot of people do not know. A lot of people are not aware of it. Mainly because um, they may not have time, maybe because it's not in their backyard, or maybe it's not, it doesn't affect them directly. So many of us are, what do you could say, ignorant of world events, or many of us don't even care. About world events because it's not directly in our backyard and partly of this imco i understand it's my bad too because i would rather i a lot of these imcos are focused on local events but i think this imco in particular i just want to bring to attention that even though this is in this imco is for local events it doesn't mean that we do not care about the global events and uh, some Christians come to me, like my fellow Christian friends and colleagues, they ask, why do we need to care for these global events? Why should we? And that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to offer my Christian opinion on why we need to care about the global events that are happening around us. And it is not just economic. It's not just because it hits our wallet. First, all right, so when I talk to people about global events and such, and when people say, uh, I don't know, I ask, okay, why do you not know? Why are you not aware of these global events? Well, first thing, the most common response that they give is that they're too busy. That they're too busy. That their excuse of being ignorant is that they're too busy. Now, it's interesting because you could say that with a lot of things. You could say that with local uh, news. You could say that with anything, that you're too busy, and that's why you're ignorant. Well, it has too busy become synonymous with ignorance then, that we no longer research it, we no longer look into things, we no longer um, decipher things. We would rather just have somebody tell us, 
and tell us whatever it is. And if we agree, if our amygdala, if our amygdala is not hijacked, then we think it's true. And there we go. We agree and move on. Has be uh, just because, and we provide this reason, just because we are too busy. Because we have to watch ourselves. Too busy is not an excuse for being ignorant. To be able to know stuff, to research stuff, to learn stuff, it's all about choice. We have to intentionally learn, and we cannot be. We cannot say it's too busy because we can say that about anything. What we have to do is carve out time to learn and not be ignorant. To continue to enrich ourselves with things, with what's going on in the world, and uh, what's going on with uh, with people's lives, like uh, with our with the, our loved ones' lives. Right? We cannot say that we're too busy to learn what my daughter is going through in school. We intentionally carve out time to learn about what our kids are doing at school and how they're feeling at school, right? So why are we using that excuse to talk about the global events? Because we don't care. We really do not have a reason to care for this. So here's my second point. We should care because not only we're in a global economy now, and not only because of globalization, and not only because it affects our wallets, our world is now very, very small, and it's getting smaller as we, the days go on. And so our neighbors are not just the local neighbors across the street, or even beside me on this the unit beside, behind me here, who's on the other side of the wall. It's no longer those. Just, neighbors are not just that direct geography of close proximity. Neighbors is is everyone. Our neighbors are everyone around the world. They are all our neighbors, our global neighbors. And whatever they do affects us and whatever we do affects them. Here's one point. Uh, here, I'll show you. Phone, the cell phone. Do you know that the, the glass and the components in the cell phone, some of those parts are, are they, some of the components uses materials called, or resources called rare earths. And these rare earths can only be mined in certain regions in Asia. And a lot of these mines uh, employ or exploit child labor and in the worst conditions possible. And so whenever we purchase or upgrade or buy a cell phone, we have to also be aware that our neighbors are affected, that our actions affect our neighbors. Uh, case in point, uh, another example. Sorry, I'm taking a lot of time, but I'll just give you one last example. When I was a furniture importer, uh, when one of my clients that I sell here uh, says, oh, the price is too high. Okay, they want to throw a sale on for a bed frame and the price is too high and they come to me, I will leave you if you do not uh, reduce the price. Well, how on earth does a supplier like myself reduce prices? I have to find I have to go back to my factories in Asia and tell them, can you reduce the price? If not, I have to change factories. Well, that supplier over there, that factory over there says, okay, I'll do it. But how do they do it? By cutting salaries, by cutting back on meals for the workers. And if they cannot do it, they'll just shut the whole factory down and 2,000 workers are unemployed. So whatever we do here, 
whatever our spending habits, whatever we do here affects our neighbors, our global neighbors. And so it's not just merely local that uh, we have to focus on now. It's our global neighbors. neighbors. Now, that being said, sorry, here's my Christian opinion. It is said that the greatest commandment is to love God and love your neighbor. Right? For those keeners out there, you know that that is the greatest commandment. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God, in some uh, translation says, love God by loving your neighbor. And then, of course, somebody, uh, a smart guy once said, a smart ass once said, asked, and Jesus says, oh, who is my neighbor? Is it just the local neighbors? No, it's also all the global neighbors, our global neighbors. And therefore, it got me thinking, how am I supposed to love my global neighbors then? Well, how do I love people around me? The first thing I want that, that I do is to get to know them, get to understand them, get to know their story, their history, their, where they're from, how they got here, to understand who they are so that I know why they do what they do. That's a first step. That's the first step to loving your neighbor, to love my neighbor. Whenever a neighbor moves into my complex, Sure, I do it because one part reason is because I'm a strata council president, but another part is that they're not my neighbors now. They're my new neighbors. I would love to know who they are, where they're from, how many kids they have, or where their kids are going for school, or what their aspirations are, or uh, what do they like, um, how do they converse with me. That is the first step in loving our neighbors. And so, if now... What we, what we just said is that now we're in a global neighborhood, if that makes sense, a global neighborhood. By golly, I think we need to love our global neighbors as well by researching and knowing their history. Case in point, with regards to the Ukraine and Russian conflict, I have taken much time, devoted quite a bit of time now in researching the history between Ukraine and Russia, reading up, watching some history videos, reputable ones, and just to get wrap my head around these my neighbors. Like, why are they behaving this way? Why is Russia behaving this way? And why is Ukraine behaving this way? Because in, only, in order to love our global neighbors now, such as Africa, India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Ukraine, Russia, everywhere, regardless of the countries, in order to care for them appropriately, in order to pray for them appropriately, I think the first step to loving our global neighbors is to get to know them, to understand them, to not just use the excuse of, I'm too busy. Because if we, if we feel that we cannot say that to our children, oh, I'm too busy to get to know my kids, we can't say that, do we? And if you do, shame on you, and uh, you should... <laughs> Get, your, get a slap in the face to wake up and say, no, you should get to know your children. That's how you love your children. Then we should get to know our global neighbors as well in order to love them appropriately. This applies to not just global neighbors, but applies to local neighbors. It applies to even neighbors beyond. The people that, like um, that Pharisee that said, that, and when the, what Jesus said to the Pharisees, is like even the neighbors that you don't like, you have to get to know them. In order to love them. All right, that's it for me. 
I hope that I that you find this encouraging for you to get to know our global neighbors. I know it is very difficult. Like life goes on, right? Life takes over sometimes. But I find myself when I um, oh, I'm a Christian and I do my devotions. Uh, like when I, I carve out a particular time to do my Bible reading and prayer. And now I'm including a little bit of articles to read prior to my prayer so that I could pray globally, to pray for my global neighbors. Because you can't ignore this, guys. You cannot ignore these the, the news that's coming through, like Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, and, uh, and the Russian and Ukraine conflict. You cannot ignore these things anymore. So how do you pray? How do you love your global neighbors? Well, get to know them. That's it for me. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, until next time, have a blessed week.